commentaries on the four last books of Moses, arranged in the form of a harmony. Volume 4, by John Calvin. Commentary on Numbers 20, verses 14 to 22. And Moses sent messengers from Kadesh unto the king of Edom. Thus saith thy brother Israel, Thou knowest all the travel that hath befallen us, how our fathers went down into Egypt, and we have dwelt in Egypt a long time. And the Egyptians vexed us and our fathers. And when we cried unto the Lord, he heard our voice, and sent an angel, and hath brought us forth out of Egypt. And behold, we are in Kadesh, a city in the uttermost of thy border. Let us pass, I pray thee, through thy country. We will not pass through the fields or through the vineyards, neither will we drink of the water of the wells. We will go by the king's highway. We will not turn to the right hand nor to the left until we have passed thy borders. And Edom said unto him, Thou shalt not pass by me, lest I come out against thee with the sword. And the children of Israel said unto him, We will go by the highway. And if I and my cattle drink of thy water, then I will pay for it. I will only, without doing anything else, go through on my feet. And he said, Thou shalt not go through. And Edom came out against him with much people, and with a strong hand. Thus Edom refused to give Israel passage through his border. Wherefore Israel turned away from him. And the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, journeyed from Kadesh, and came unto Mount Hor. A repetition of the same history. Deuteronomy 2, verses 2 through 8. And the Lord spake unto me, saying, Ye have compassed this mountain long enough. Turn you northward, and command thou the people, saying, Ye are to pass through the coast of your brethren, the children of Esau, which dwell in Seir, and they shall be afraid of you. Take ye good heed unto yourselves, therefore. Meddle not with them. For I will not give you of their land, no, not so much as a footbreadth, because I have given Mount Seir unto Esau for a possession. Ye shall buy meat of them for money that ye may eat, and ye shall also buy water of them for money that ye may drink. For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee in all the works of thy hand. He knoweth thy walking through this great wilderness. These forty years the Lord thy God hath been with thee. Thou hast lacked nothing. And when we passed by from our brethren the children of Esau, which dwelt in Seir, through the way of the plain from Elath and from Ezion-Geber, we turned and passed by the way of the wilderness of Moab. Numbers 20, verse 14. And Moses sent messengers from Kadesh. His first narrative does not explain the cause of the embassy, but from the account in Deuteronomy it is plain that peace was sought for from the Edomites as brethren by the command of God. God therefore prescribes the conditions of peace and war, lest the Israelites should rashly attack any who were not to be reckoned enemies, although they might act towards them with little humanity. 
Undoubtedly, this would seem hard to his people, that they were to leave a country which was so close to them, untouched, and to seek a more distant place of abode. But God restrains their impatience for a twofold reason. First, because it was unjust and by no means humane to assail their kindred. And both these nations were descended from Isaac, and their original ancestors were twin brothers. Circumcision, too, was common to them both, a mark of their being of the same origin, and a bond of fraternal connection. But the other reason ought to have had more weight in restraining them, because it was unlawful to cast the children of Esau out of the possession which they had obtained by a similar right as that whereby the land of Canaan had been promised to the posterity of Jacob. If, therefore, they desired to enjoy their own inheritance, the decree was not to be violated which God had pronounced by the mouth of Isaac. Genesis 27, verse 39. Especially since Esau, the founder of the race of the Edomites, had fixed his home in Mount Seir by the secret inspiration of God, and to that place had his posterity been confined. God, therefore, now admonishes them that it would have been an act of sacrilegious audacity if the Israelites should attempt to overthrow the prophecy of Isaac by which Esau had been declared the possessor of a rich and fertile soil. Deuteronomy 2.4 And they shall be afraid of you. This temptation was the more provoking when they heard not only that the embassy would be vain, but that although Edom should receive them with injustice and hostility, they were still to abstain from violence and arms. For there might be some reason in this, that when they presented their request in a friendly manner, they would have a legitimate cause of war if Edom should reject their demands. But this further condition might appear altogether intolerable, that they were to do nothing against those who refused to let them pass quietly through their land. Hence, however, it more fully appears how the Israelites were gradually, and by various kinds of chastisement, subdued to obedience, whereas they would otherwise have fiercely and petulantly exclaimed that they had been dealt with unkindly by God. Since thus their condition would be worse than the universal law of nations allowed. In this matter, then, their wanderings for eight and thirty years had much efficacy in bringing them back to the right way. Numbers 20.14 Thou knowest all the travel that hath befallen us. This preface was well calculated to conciliate favor when the sons of Jacob, descended from the same blood, familiarly approached the Edomites, for their connection ought to have rendered them hospitable. But there are two principal points whereby Moses endeavored to influence the mind of the king of Edom, so that he should grant them a passage through his dominions. The first is derived from the ordinary feelings of humanity, for nature dictates that aid should be extended to the wretched who are unjustly oppressed. In this view, he says that the afflictions which they had endured were notorious, that is, that as sojourners in Egypt they had been tyrannically harassed and oppressed. 
in saying that the Egyptians vexed us and our fathers, although they were not at that time endowed with capacity for estimating the injuries inflicted upon them, yet it is not without reason that they complained that these injuries had been inflicted on themselves, which affected their whole body and name, especially since the final act of cruelty directly concerned them when Pharaoh commanded all the male infants to be destroyed. The second argument is more effective. Since nothing can be less in accordance with propriety than to deny our assistance to those whose welfare God recommends to us by his own example. In order then that they may obtain help from their brethren, they make mention of the grace of God, which at that time might have been everywhere celebrated. When therefore this message is given to their ambassadors, we cried unto the Lord who hath heard us. Their design was to exhort the Edomites to be imitators of God who had been merciful in delivering his people. If any should object that the cry of the people had not been praiseworthy, as not having arisen from a true and sincere faith, nor from a serious feeling of the heart, the reply is easy, that the Israelites were not here boasting of any merit of their own, as if they had prayed duly and perfectly, but that they were simply professing their innocence, since they could not have had recourse to God unless they had been unjustly oppressed. The fact, then, that God had heard them had the effect of commending their cause. They prove, however, from the result that God was their deliverer. Because their exodus had been incredible, although this point is but lightly touched upon. Their notion is a poor one who understand Moses by the angel, since by this name they unquestionably magnify the miracles which God had wrought. Now, although the angels encamp around the servants of God, and it is certain that many angels had been ministers of the people's safety, still they especially designate as the angel him who had been often before called Jehovah, and in whom the majesty of God perfectly shone forth. Paul, however, teaches that he was Christ. 1 Corinthians 10.4 19. And the children of Israel said unto him, It is doubtful whether or not the ambassadors were sent a second time in order to remove all unjust suspicions and to appease the ferocity of the Edomites, it is probable, however, that we have the relation of what was done in one and the same expedition. The sum is that the Israelites tried every means in order that a free and unmolested passage might be accorded them by the Edomites, whence their repulse might appear the more harsh and intolerable. But God, by this test, would prove the obedience of his people. As regards the Edomites, although by rashly taking up arms they would have drawn upon themselves just destruction, still God spared them for a time, not by freely pardoning them, but by deferring their punishment, as he is wont to do, until its due season. Deuteronomy 2.7 For the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. This reason is added, lest the people should be grieved at spending their money, of which they had not much, in buying meat and drink. There are, however, two clauses. 
First, that they were so enriched by God's bounty that they were fully supplied with the means of buying food. And secondly, that they must not doubt but that he would relieve their necessity, if it were required, since he had thus far provided for them and had not suffered them to want anything. He therefore encourages them to hope in consideration of their past experience, because God would take care of them as he had before been accustomed to do. The question, however, arises how God could say that he had blessed the work of their hands when they had had no commerce with other nations, so as to make the smallest gains whatever. But I thus understand it, that is, that although they were gratuitously sustained in the wilderness, and had not expended a single penny in buying even shoe latchets, still their cattle had increased, and besides, they had made some profits by their daily labor, not by receiving indeed daily wages, but by providing for themselves furniture and other necessaries. This audio recording was read by Michael Ives. I hope you found it enlightening and edifying. Visit westportexperiment.com for more audio resources and where I write about parish missions, the care of souls, and all things reformed.